Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to week three of the series we've entitled Stay Positive. And I know in the middle of the cultural climate we're living in, how can we be talking about staying positive? Because I want to tell you that it is really the responsibility of the church uh, to be a part of not just um, in, not of this world, even though we're in this world, but we're called to be a part of transforming the world. And the only way we can really be a part of transforming the world is if we allow Jesus to change us from the inside out. And a big piece of that has to do with the transformation of the way we think. The Apostle Paul, when he's in prison, he pins these words. He's in the middle of tough situations. His favorable circumstances had gone away. He had suffered, and yet he's finding joy. He's finding purpose. He's finding the ability to use his time wisely to encourage the church. And I hope these messages will encourage you, whether you're watching from Nacogdoches or here in Lufkin or there online. The Apostle Paul writes these words, Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Don't forget it. You got to remember it. He says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, by asking, with thanksgiving. Lock that in. Put that in the Rolodex. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. A lot of people presenting their requests to this person, that person, to their spouse, to their own mind, to just kind of up in the air, that thinking that good vibes is going to get their request done. And I want to tell you, sending good vibes doesn't do anything, but praying with thanksgiving, presenting our requests to the almighty God of the cosmos, that's the key. And here's what happens. Here's the promise of God for you and I. When we can figure out how to rejoice, when we can figure out how to Pray about it instead of worry about it. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts. And why is it important to guard our hearts? Because everything we are, everything I am, everything I do flows from my heart. He'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Now today, I want to talk about the reality of when we pray, when we ask God what happens Do we get answers fast? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes we get a real fast answer. But other times we get a delay. We get this opportunity to wait on God's answer. Um, So today I want to talk about how do we stay positive when we're waiting. It requires this fruit of the Spirit. I mentioned last week that it's not fruits of the Spirit. You don't get to choose it like, you know, Golden Corral. I'll take a couple of ribs and some chicken pot pie and some chocolate fountain chocolate. You know, you don't get to choose like a smorgasbord. The fruits of the Spirit is actually the fruit of the Spirit. And last week, talking about joy, this, 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 the key to joy and how to find it. Today, we're going to be talking about patience. Patience. The only way to stay positive is to figure out how to engage the fruit of the spirit of patience in our life. And in order to really understand what patience is, let's give a working definition. You can write it down there in your your notes. Patience is to bear up, to survive, to to hold up, to be able to stand, to be able to, to stay solid and balanced under difficulty because times are going to be tough. Troubles are going to come. It's going to rain on the just and the unjust without giving up, 
or giving in. Many times when we're impatient, we are giving up on a relationship. When we're impatient, we're giving up on the character development of someone else. When we're impatient, we're giving up on the timeline of waiting on God or waiting on them or waiting on myself. And I just need it now. I want it now. I deserve it now. And we need to learn the understanding of what real patience is. You strengthen up. You, you, you bear up under the difficulty of having to wait without giving up or giving in. The truth is, patience requires waiting. And, and here's, the, here's, the deal about, here's the deal about waiting. Let me say it, let me say it this way. The, see, some of you just got really nervous that the video actually paused right? You got nervous that the video paused. Even Pastor Dan over in Nacogdoche is like, do I got to jump up and preach this message? No, no. The, we, we, nobody likes waiting. We get uncomfortable. We get uncomfortable. We get antsy. We start looking back at the sound booth. We start wondering, uh-oh, what's going on? I knew I shouldn't have tried this church. There's a video screen up on the platform. We get crazy. You know, patience requires waiting, and we hate to wait. We hate to wait in line. We got to have speed passes, fast passes, fast food, drive through. We, we just hate to wait. We get upset if our Wi-Fi doesn't work and we have to use our cellular signal to look on the internet. When we don't realize that like zeros and ones are flying from your phone to space hitting a satellite going back down to another tower and back to your phone in a matter of nanoseconds, and we get impatient. We cannot go sit down while the microwave's on. We got to stand in front of the microwave. Why wait? Why do, we, why, why do we hate to wait? And the truth is, in our waiting, we get anxious. We worry. We lose our joy. Uh, we exchange our joy for frustration we, we exchange our, our peace for impatience. And here's the truth. If, you're, if you've been a Christ follower for any amount of time, from one year to four decades, this Christian life requires us to when we pray and petition God, we're gonna wait. It, it may be a little bit or it may be a lot but you're gonna have to figure out how to wait on God. Now there's beauty in waiting on God. There's power in waiting on God. There is, there is um, all of this production, this, this growth that, that happens when we wait on God. But, but here's, that's the question today. Why? Why do we wait on God? Why does God want to produce patience in us? Why is he inviting us into a hurry up and pray about it, don't worry about it, but then we have to wait forever to get an answer or we have to wait longer than we expected or anticipated? Well, why do we wait? Because there's something that happens. In fact, it's not in your notes, but you can write it down like this. Um, waiting equals becoming. We're becoming something when we wait. Waiting equals becoming. So embrace the wait. I invite you to embrace 
the wait. Next time you're, you're waiting in line to get your table at the restaurant, embrace the wait. Use the wait. Think about, like, like just let that wait be an opportunity to ask somebody a question, to, like, I don't know, talk to your wife instead of being on the phone. Like, embrace the wait because waiting equals becoming. But why do we wait on God? Here's a, a few different things. Because it renews our strength. When I wait on God, it gives me a chance to get my strength renewed. If I'm going from one season to the next season to the next season to the next season without ever waiting, I don't get this off season, this opportunity to go quiet for a moment, this opportunity to, to push pause for a second and reset. Listen, if, if most technology uh, gets fixed by just unplugging it and plugging it back in, like you unplug it, you wait, and you plug it back in, how many of you have ever had to fix your router, your Wi-Fi router by unplugging it, waiting, plugging it back in? Well, that's what God wants to do when you wait. He's unplugging you from the grind, unplugging you from the day-to-day, -day, and there's a reset. And we're renewing our strength during that reset. One of the very popular scriptures in the Old Testament about waiting is this scripture. It says in Isaiah 50, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. So it gives us a little show of what waiting on God. Um, we're able to fly above what many times tends to get us distracted. When we wait upon God, he helps us elevate beyond the issue, the only issue we can see. And we're able to see a bigger picture as we wait on God. He, he renews our strength. We mount up with wings like eagles. We can see it from a different perspective when you wait. They shall run and not be weary. There is a perseverance that comes when you're waiting on God. There's, a, there's an ability to, to like go further faster because you took time to wait and it renewed your strength. They shall walk and not faint. That's a sustaining attribute of what God does. But it all comes here that he wants to, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But let me tell you what strength is not renewed. It's not just your own strength. It's not Jeremy's pick myself up from the bootstraps and, 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 and bite my bottom lip. That's not, that's not the kind of strength that gets renewed when you're waiting on God alone. Yes, physically, when we Sabbath, physically, when we take time off, uh, we can get strength physically, emotionally, but this is a spiritual strength. When you're waiting on God, he's strengthening your spiritual muscles and refreshing them. Look what it says in Colossians. The Apostle Paul says, God will strengthen you, not with your own strength, but with his own great power, so that you will not give up when troubles come, but you will be what? Come on, all locations, that you will be what? That's right, patient. Not stronger, not perfect, not I will be, uh, um, you know, exactly the way I need to be, but it will develop patience in your life. It'll renew your strength. You know what else waiting on God will do? It'll refine your character. Your character is this piece of granite and every decision good and bad, every decision little and big, because really all big decisions are little decisions racked up to become big decisions. Your character is that granite that's chipped away by the decisions that you're making. Your character is the way uh, when you think about things and it causes you to feel. The mixture of my mind and my feeling, my thinking and my feeling creates my conduct. My character and convictions develop my conduct. And he will refine that character in you as you wait. He'll refine it, make it bitter, better, purer, uh, um, um, clearer. 
Paul says in Romans three uh, 5, we, we had this scripture last week during Father's Day. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they're good for us. They're good for us? Yeah, they're good for us. They help us learn to be patient and patience develops strength of character in us. I, I know you want it. You want it all and you want it now and so do I. So do I. But this whole idea of waiting on God, it, it will refine your character. Hey, hey, think about ever been on an airplane and the moment you land and you, you taxi to the, 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 um, the exit, the moment it goes ding, you hear all the seatbelts release and you got that guy or you got that girl that their life is more important than anybody's else nobody else is gonna miss a flight but they are pushing cramming through i got a flight to catch hurry up they're just they got to get their bag they just got to get to the front come on can we hurry up it's like everybody's going it's like calm down you know what that is that is a lack of refined character they need to be patient just like everybody else It'll renew your strength. It'll refine your character. Number three, it will refocus your purpose. Patience refocuses your purpose. Do you know that Jesus took time to wait on his heavenly father? The moment he is baptized and propelled into ministry, God says, this is my son. I'm pleased with him. And God, Jesus goes and waits by fasting and praying He's tempted, but in that time, there's a development process. There's, a, there's a, a focusing of his purpose. Jesus, after the Last Supper, goes and spends times with his father in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he is waiting on his father. He's praying, and in that time, he's refocusing on his purpose because he says, take this cup from me. This is going to be big. I don't know if I can do this. My human side, this is a lot to take in right now, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When we're patient and we spend time waiting on God, it's a Garden of Gethsemane opportunity to refocus, not my will, but yours be done. And notice the juxtaposition of that same story when Jesus prays for a while. I mean, he is so stressed out that his human body is so stressed out, he is he is sweating droplets of blood. And he goes back to his, his three amigos and he says, oh, hey, hey, guys, They're, they've fallen asleep. They're supposed to be praying with him. They're supposed to be waiting with him, but they're sleeping. They're, they're asleep. It's a snooze fest. And, and so, so here, what happens is he says, could you not just wait for one hour? Could you not be with me for an hour? And what will happen when we wait on God is it refocuses our purpose. It refocuses our purpose. And so when we pray and when we wait, God is going to answer. God's going to respond. But here's another issue where we can lose our, our position of staying positive, staying true to what God says, of trusting him with all our heart and leaning not on our own understanding, is when we pray, we wait, and we don't get the answer we're looking for. And, and that causes an impatience in us as well. So write this down. There are four ways God answers prayer. There's, there's four ways that God will respond to that prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So write these down uh, because there's different ways we approach it. And this whole renewing of our strength, the refining of our character, the refocusing of our purpose. God answers in a way 
many times that is going to signal what area, strength, character, purpose, what area do I need to grow in? So sometimes here's what, here's what happens when we pray. When we pray, sometimes when my request is not right, so I'm requesting something, you know, God, uh, uh, I know if you'll just do this, 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 if you'll just let me get this, if you'll just let me win the lottery, if you'll just, then I'll do this. And, and sometimes when my request is not right, you know what God says? No, <laughs> no, no. So maybe if you're hearing a no right now, it could be that you're asking the wrong question. You're, you're, you, you, when you're praying, he wants to shift the focus of your, your prayer. Remember Jesus, take this cup from me. No, no. Okay, he refocuses, not my will, yours be done. All right. But when, I, when my request is not right, many times God's, God is not gonna give you the wrong, sometimes he will answer your, your request and, and, and grow you through giving you what you wanted, but it's not what you really needed. He does that through the Old Testament when the Israelites begged for a king. They prayed for a king and he gave them one. It's not what, that wasn't his plan, but he showed them that through that, he's gonna, he's gonna build them and lead them up and show them who the true king is. Coming up in a couple of months, we're gonna relaunch the series that I started before this COVID mess called uh, The Shadow King, The Life and Leadership of King David. Uh, in August, uh, we're gonna launch back into that. And I hope that the, those of you that are watching online still a little intimidated by coming out, surely by then, surely you've, you, you, you by then will have gone to Chili's that you can come to Timber Creek, okay? So, so back to this. When my request is not right, God says no. Here's another one. When I am not right, when, when I am not right, Many times, instead of God giving me the answer to the, the prayer, his answer is grow. God isn't giving you the answer that you were looking for, but he is giving you the answer of it's time to grow. And in that patience of waiting on him, when I'm not right, God is saying grow. When the timing's not right, when, when maybe it's the right request, but it's not the right time, you know what God will say to you? God says, whoa. <laughs> so he'll say, no. He'll say, grow. Sometimes he goes, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. But when my request and the timing and my character are all lined up right, you know what God says? God says, let's go, let's go. Now, it may be let's go is not the answer of when you're saying, God, heal me of this sickness. And he says, let's go. It may be that the let's go is, yes, let's go, be healed. It may be, let's go. Let's go through the fire and I'm not going to leave you. Let's go, let's, let's go through the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't have to fear because I'm, I'll never leave you or forsake you. When he says let's go, he's answering. It may not be the way you were hoping, but when I wait on God, waiting equals becoming. So embrace the wait. So until then, until you understand the answer, until you receive the let's go, if it's a grow or if it's a woe or if it's a no, until, we, until you get the answer from, from God, what is the posture for waiting? I, I can tell, I can tell 
um, the kind of atmosphere I'm walking into in my home, depending upon the posture of my wife when I get there. If I come in late from something and my wife has been waiting on me, I said I would be there at seven and she had prepared the meal and the meal is there and they're sitting down and it's 7.20 and I show up, I want you to know that I can, just by sensing the posture of my wife, what the rest of the evening is going to look like, okay? Like, like if I walk in and it's like Alaska in January, cold, and she looks up or she doesn't look up or she gives me the cold shoulder, okay? That's a posture. Um, when, 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 when you go somewhere and someone's waiting for you like this, their posture kind of speaks towards the atmosphere. So can I give you the right posture? What's the posture of when you're waiting on God? What, what, what's, what's the posture? Well, let me give it to you this way. Number one, when we wait on God, here's what the word says. Wait quietly. Wait quietly. Slow down. Calm down. Quiet down. Or shut up. <laughs> Either way. Down or up, it doesn't matter. Be quiet. Just wait quietly. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Many times it's hard for us to see God and know God and hear God when we are running at the pace of life. When we're running at a breakneck speed. We, we, we get, we, we, it's easy to get impatient when we got somewhere to go. And he's saying, slow, wait quietly. Be still and know that I'm God. Lamentations says it like this. Jeremiah says, it's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You know, my kids are getting to the age they don't do this anymore. That actually it breaks my heart as I say that. But when my kids were, were, were smaller, when we'd be on a long road trip and we'd get back home and we'd pull into the, to the garage, whether they were awake or, or asleep, if they were awake, they would act like they were asleep. Why? Because they were hoping that dad would come around and open the back door and they act like they're asleep. I would pick them up, scoop them up. They wouldn't have to use their, they wouldn't have to use their own, own feet. And, and, and I would walk them to their bed. This also doesn't happen very often anymore, but there would be times where Grammar Sage would fall asleep on a couch. We're all watching a movie and they wake up in their bed in the morning and say, how did I get into my bed? They don't even realize they were just sleeping and yet their father took them, scooped them up, took them where they needed to go. I invite you to have that heart of a child with Jesus, that he will, he will walk to wherever you're resting and and we wait quietly for the salvation. Jesus wants to scoop you up. And he will take you where your strength couldn't take you. When he renews your strength, you're, you mount up with wings like eagles. You mount up like a kid being carried by their daddy to bed. That's what happens when we wait quietly. Number two, we wait diligently. Um, there's a, there's a, 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 an astuteness to it. There's a studiousness to, to waiting. Um, the Bible says in Psalm 37, David says, hope in the Lord. But do you know that he doesn't stop there? Uh, patience is saying, I hope in you, God. I, I'm praying. And, I, and part of praying is having hope. 
Hope that he hears us. Hope that he's real. Hope that he's going to respond. We hope in the Lord. But David also goes on to say, and keep his way. So as you're waiting on God, it doesn't mean you start acting like the devil. You're waiting on God. It doesn't mean that you just forsake all the things that he's saying for you to do. You hope in the Lord and you're diligent. You do what he said, do last. Many, many times we want what God wants to say next and we haven't been diligent with what he told us to do last. We want him to bless this marriage, but we actually haven't been living in our own personal lives the way he would want to bless your personal life. And so maybe start, instead of asking God to bless the marriage, maybe some of the issues in the marriage is that you were ignoring and not keeping his way just between you and him. So hope in the Lord, yeah, but keep his way. And so while you're waiting, wait diligently. How do we do that? We get into his word. While we're waiting, we read. It may be that the answer is not in in prayer, but his answer is going to be reading the word of God. Romans 15, Paul says, the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. The Israelites had to do that. They were exodus out of Egypt but they were not diligent in keeping the commands of God. They got impatient. And while Moses is getting the Ten Commandments, they build a calf. They melt down gold. They, they refine it. They make this golden calf. They start worshiping around it, having this big old spiritual slash orgy deal going on. And Moses comes down and says, what in the name of God is going on here? They were impatient. And... They had to wait because of that 40 years to get into the promised land, 40 years. But during that waiting of 40 years, God gave them what they needed to survive. He gave them bread in the desert, manna in the desert. And I want you to know that Jesus will give you what you need as you wait, but wait diligently. Because it may be you're expecting him to pop a, a, a angel food cake right in front of you, and he's saying, no, 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 I've got all kinds of bread right there in the word of God. Open up the scriptures as you wait patiently. Write it down like this. Quietness without diligence. So as we wait quietly, but we're not keeping his word, we're not strengthening the relationship, quietness without diligence equals laziness. You get lazy. You're just quiet. You're not, you're not waiting, you're napping. <laughs> you're, not, you're not waiting, you're being slothful. Okay, the other side, though, of this is, is just as dangerous. If you're diligent without being quiet, so you wait diligently, but you don't wait quietly, you know what that can be? Self-reliance. Because I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it happen, Captain. I'm going to get it done. Uh, and God gave me two feet in a heartbeat. And when God's telling you to wait, you try to put it in your own hands, and that becomes self-reliance, and that is a dangerous place to be. How do you wait? What's the posture? Wait quietly, wait diligently. Number three, this is critical. And this, this speaks to where we are as a nation right now. Wait in community. Some of you are waiting for all the restrictions to be lifted in order to come back to church. I invite you again, listen. If you're vulnerable, if you feel a certain level of discomfort because of potential exposure, I, 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 I understand it. But I, I also, I want to say to you, it can get really comfortable and easy to go to church in your pajamas. 
I didn't mind it myself a couple of times, watching myself on the video while I'm in my pajamas at my house. I kind of like it. But, like, if you have kids, um, you're missing something. There's something about gathering together as the body of Christ. We wait in community. You know when Mary is visited by the angel? One of the things she does is she doesn't wait by herself. Number one, she brings Joseph into the conversation. She brings her family into the conversation. And she goes and visits one of her relatives, one of her friends, Elizabeth. And you know what happens in that moment? Like um, there, there's, a, there's a leaping of the baby in the womb because there's, there's this community there waiting for the gift of God through Jesus, Emmanuel. They're waiting in community. And Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, encourage each other and give each other strength. Not only does God want to give you strength supernaturally, but there is a principle of strength coming, of carrying one another's burdens. It's easier to wait when you wait in community because people are there, hey, we got you. Hey, we're praying for you. Hey, we're believing with you. Don't carry those things on an island. Don't, don't carry those things alone. Cast your cares on him and carry one another's burdens. And you fulfill what God wants us to fulfill when we do that. Quietly, diligently, in community. And we wait expectantly. Listen to me. If you've been waiting for something for God to do, he's not forgotten you. He has not turned a deaf ear to you. It may be a time of development. It may, be, it may be a no, but he's not forgotten who you are, where you are, the number of hair on your head, 7,242. He knows you. He knows your middle name. He knows your struggle. He knows the inside and he knows the outside. He knows all the things you'd never want anybody else to know and he still loves you. And you can wait expectantly that the God of the universe who loved you so much, he would send his son from heaven to earth to die for you. You can wait expectantly that Jesus is going to respond. And he's a strong son. And he's a faithful God. And he's a loving, caring God. And you can be patiently expectant, waiting expectantly that God's going to move on your behalf. The Old Testament says it like this, the prophet Isaiah, since the world began, no one has seen or heard of such a God as ours. I mean, do you know that most religions are built on gods that expect your servitude? And if you serve and serve and serve, maybe just Maybe you'll earn a place in utopia. Maybe, just maybe, you'll earn a place in their grace. But while you were still a sinner, Jesus gave his life for you. No one's ever, ever heard of such a God as ours who works for those who, what? Who works for those who do good things. No, that's not what it says. Not what it says. For those who just act really good. They fix their behavior and they make sure they are Christian robots and only listen to KSWP. Which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. He works for those who, watch, watch, wait for him. So what's your posture? Psalm, Psalm 37 says it like this, wait 
and trust the Lord. That's your posture. Diligence, quietly, expectantly, in community. Wait and trust the God who says he is who he is. You can, you can take it to the bank. You cannot separate waiting and trust and really have patience. And can I show you this whole waiting Jesus knows? Jesus knows what waiting is like. Do you know that Jesus' life is, is really mainly, mostly waiting? His, his entire 33 and a half some years in the flesh, 90% of it was waiting. I mean, when you look at when you really understand the fact that all we see is the birth of Jesus, and then we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and he's growing, and he's developing, and he's 12 years old, representing this becoming of a man, a bar mitzvah experience, this, this transitioning, and he is 12, and he, uh, Mary and Joseph have lost him. They don't know where he is. They find him in the temple. He's saying, I needed to be about my father's business. What do you mean your father's business? Your father's a cabinet maker, not that father, my other father. We see him becoming, waiting equals becoming. The Bible says he grew in favor and in wisdom with God and with man. And then we wait from 12 years old all the way to age 30, another 18 years. Where is he? What's he doing? I guess he's figuring out how to use the miter saw in his daddy's cabinet shop. We don't know, but what we know is he's waiting and he's becoming. I wonder at 17 years old, walking down the street, realizing he is God in the flesh. He knows what he's come to do. And he sees a lame man on the side of the road. I wonder if there were moments in Jesus' life where he'd say, God, is now the time. I just want to reach out and touch him and let him walk. And he could see the man saying, alms for the blind, alms for the poor. He says, oh, Father in heaven, should I, should I touch him and let him be healed? And God is saying, not yet. I need you to wait. Jesus knows what it's like to wait. He's baptized into ministry and he waits for another 40 days. 10% is what we see. But it's that 90% of the waiting in the son of the living God that causes him to step onto the scene of humanity. Speak with clarity. Speak with confidence. Have this strength in his hand and in his mouth. And, and, and fully exemplify the perfect love of a God that we so desperately need. In fact, that's the formula really for you and you and I. Jesus was indestructible. Yeah, yeah, he died, <laughs> but we didn't destroy him. Yeah, he was killed, but he didn't stay dead. In fact, here's the formula. For you and for me, we see this in Jesus. 10% seen, 90% unseen. When you can wait diligently and quietly and, and trust in God, it produces an indestructible life. Nothing you're waiting on can destroy you because you are growing in character conviction in the conduct of Jesus. It's like the iceberg. Uh, it wasn't the tip of the iceberg that sunk the Titanic, but, but it was the, what was unseen. The, 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 the mass that nobody else sees. I want to tell you, friend, listen to me now. 
lean in. You wish other people would see that hurt. But it's unseen. And Jesus is going to do something there. A prayer that you're praying quietly that nobody else sees you praying. Jesus hears your prayer. The struggle in your marriage that is so wounding and so embarrassing, you don't feel like you can talk about it to anybody. It's unseen. And it can either grow and fester in the darkness or we can wait patiently and quietly and diligently on the word of God and the son of God. And that unseen, Jesus is going to do something there. He's going to do something. It wasn't the tip of the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. It was, it was, it was the, the beef underneath that ripped the guts out. And the opposite is true. It's not what everybody sees, what you do at church, whether you raise your hands or not, whether you pray loud or pray good or whatever. It's the unseen. Man looks on the outward. God looks at the heart. But let me give you the final thought here. And that is this. What if, what if, what if, what if you could speed up your waiting? I know that sounds anticlimactic to my whole sermon. What if you could speed it up? Like, like what if your waiting could be cut in half? Would you want that? Personally, yes. Would you want that uh, as long as it didn't, you know, like, um, uh, as long as it, as it didn't um, violate what we've been saying of diligent waiting and expectantly waiting? Um, here, here's how you get high performance patience. All right. In, in other words, here's how your patience can go further, faster. Here's how you speed up your waiting. Are you ready for it? You speed up your waiting when you wait thankfully. That's the key. That's the key. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know why? Because you're going to wait. And you're becoming somebody. But as you learn the art of being thankful, the things you think will make you thankful, the stuff you think that needs to be brought or healed or bought that will make you thankful, the more just with thanksgiving of what he's already done, the, the, the sound of running water when you turn on the faucet, look, Go on a mission trip to India. Real quick, you'll be thankful for just the simple sound of water in a faucet. You, you, you get frustrated over not having a big enough bed when you go to the hotel. Like, be thankful that you're able to be in a hotel. With everything, if we can grow that thankful heart to be, to be thankful for the little things... It super speeds, it strengthens, it, it, it gives patience a high performance quality to it. And do you know that, as I mentioned last week, um, there's this difference between a morally restrained heart. And I showed you the, 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 the softball that I, I crunched down, I held it down. There's a difference between moral restraint because I focus on it, I focus on it, I focus on it, I focus on it. But when my focus, when my strength runs out and my focus goes over here, it lets up. And I don't have enough moral restraint to have a good heart, to have a heart that stays good all the time. I need a supernaturally changed heart. 
And your patience is not going to be, I'm going to be patient, going to be patient, going to be patient. Don't, God, don't let me kill these kids. Don't let me kill these kids. Like, I'm going to be patient, going to be patient, going to be patient. But God is saying to us, you can't do that on your own. It's a change from the inside out. The way we think that affects the way our heart is, that affects our actions. And where do we learn that? Where do we see that? Where do we glean that? Where do we receive that supernaturally? <laughs> from Jesus, from his father, from our father. And I'll close with this scripture. The Lord still waits for you. Out of all your stuff, out of all your promises that you've, that you've not held, the Lord still waits for you to come to him so he can show you his love. If you can't muster up the patience, he's waiting on you. Come to him, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and he'll give you rest. And in that rest, as you wait, wings like eagles, you'll be able to run further faster. And when you feel like giving up, he sustains you so that you will walk and not faint. Would you pray with me? Both locations online, just close your eyes and bow your head. And this is the moment where you do business with God. This is not business with your pastor. This is business with Jesus. And in your own words, maybe you come to the realization that he's been waiting on you um, not to do this or do that, or to, to change your behavior, but to really choose to believe he is who he says he is. Patience, that fruit of the Spirit, won't come from your moral restraint. It will only come from him changing you from the inside out. But that's what he's in the business of doing. He changes hearts. And if you're here and you need to invite Jesus to change your heart, because it all starts in the heart. If that's you, with no one looking around, just be honest with God, be honest with yourself. If that's you and you say, I need to surrender my heart to Jesus today, just on the count of three, one, two, three, just put a hand right up in the air. Just put it up right up. And you can put it down. Just put it up and then put it down. I want you to know Jesus sees your hand. He's been waiting on you for this moment, this opportunity. And in your own words, you just say, Jesus, come into my life. Change me from the inside out. With heads bowed and eyes still closed, if you're here and you say, oh, patience, I need it. I need it. I want you to know me too. If that's you, would you just lift a hand and I want to pray a prayer over you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, you see the hands at our locations. You see the hands there in the living room. God, we thank you that you have been so patient with us. Thank you for modeling patience. Thank you. The whole story of God is your patient love. Before the foundations of the earth were formed, the Lamb of God would be slain. And throughout many, many, many generations, you waited and you waited and you waited. Then you gave your son. The Lamb of God was slain. And now we're waiting and we're waiting. And you're waiting for the right opportunity to come and bring us back. In the meantime, you're preparing a place for us that when you come again, we're going to be with you for eternity. But in the meantime... Jesus, we embrace the waiting. May we become who you've called us to become. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, the strong and patient Son of God. And everybody said amen.
Amen.